0: Radio MD.
1: RadioMD.com.
0: Spokesperson for the American College of Emergency Physicians. She's Dr. Lee. And the Dr. Lee Vinoker Show.
1: Hi, and welcome back to the show, Health from the Outside In. My next guest, a frequent guest on the show, Dr. Kevin Clower. Uh, he's the Chief Medical Officer of Emergency Medicine and Chief Risk Officer for Team Health, as well as Executive Director of Team Health Patient Safety Organization and Assistant Clinical Professor at Michigan State University College of Osteopathic Medicine. Welcome back, Dr. Clower. Thanks for being here.
0: Well, thanks for having me, Lee.
1: So this is my pet peeve. I I read an article about the CDC that talked about in outpatient clinics, so many patients with the flu are getting antibiotics. And uh, I was a little astounded because, you know, it's one thing if they have a viral thing and you you can't really even document the flu. But now we have these quick flu screens. So if somebody's got the flu, I, I just can't believe that they would be getting antibiotics.
0: No, you're exactly right. And I think your pet peeve is my pet peeve. And I think getting this message out is really important, so I'm glad we're discussing it. One of the issues, Lee, is I think we've never really given patients a reason not to want an antibiotic if it's not necessary or not to want a test if it's not going to help them. We're instead trying to oftentimes defend why it's expensive or unnecessary. But, you know, there are downsides to getting antibiotics. If you don't need antibiotics you shouldn't have antibiotics because they can cause some serious problems. There's drug resistance. So when you need the antibiotics to work and you have a bacterial infection, they may not work if you used it for a virus that is going to have no benefit whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I know. And the thing is, you know, and I know I hear doctors say it takes me twice as long to spend time with the patient and explain it. And, you know, patients have this perception too. I, I, you know, a patient will come in you know, sneezing and, you know, sore throat, and it's been like a day or two, and they're immediately coming to the doctor for something to do instead of like toughing it out and saying, okay, let's see what's going on. So, you know, it's this perception of these silver bullets, you think, and these magic pills that physicians are kind of fostering.
0: Well, I think you're right, and I think we have to be good educators at the bedside, whether you're in the emergency department or whether you're in a family practice office or a clinic. You know, people want either one of two things, in my opinion, solutions or they want answers. If we don't have solutions because we have really no treatments for viruses, they go away on their own, maybe symptomatically a little bit, but if we can't treat this and make it go away, then we have to give them answers, and answers are given in education.
1: Yeah, it's true. And now you, I know you've done some things related to Choosing Wisely, and I have to say there's a consumer report that I actually spend the time, print up, and hand to patients about antibiotics when you need them, when you don't, which is, I think, a great um, public education leaflet. But explain to everybody what exactly this Choosing Wisely is related to antibiotics.
0: Well, I mean, there are recommendations from many different uh, specialties and many different groups about choosing wisely. From the American Board of Internal Medicine, they started this. But one of the ASEPs, the American College of Emergency Physicians, recommendations is avoiding prescribing antibiotics in the emergency department for uncomplicated sinusitis, meaning really that sinusitis is not a bacterial infection almost every single time. Having sinus congestion is not having a bacterial infection, and it's not really sinusitis. It's just a cold with sinus congestion. So if you avoid antibiotics there, it can be helpful to avoid them because they're not going to help you at all. Matter of fact, there's no evidence to support that you're going to get better with antibiotics, and eighty percent of people are going to get better without antibiotics within two weeks.
1: Yeah. And the other thing that I, I think, you know, people don't realize, you know, they'll say, oh, my mucus, my snot is green and you know, you try and explain to them, it just means there's, you know, dead white blood cells fighting the infection. When it's a virus, it's a different type of white blood cell. When it's bacteria, it's different. So, you know, even things like color, people don't seem to understand.
0: Do you find that? I do. And let's not talk about the details and let's focus on the important <laughs> part, okay? And, and you don't um, want
1: to talk about snot. <laughs>
0: I don't know uh, not talk about that. No, I'm kidding. But you're exactly right. And we used to think that in medicine, that the color made a difference. And now we really do know that it's, if your mucus is discolored, it's dark, it means that it's either concentrated or that it has some white blood cells, which aren't necessarily due to infection but or bacterial infection, but due to inflammation. But if the color of the snot or mucus or even what you produce in a cough has no bearing on whether you have a bacterial or a viral infection.
1: Yeah, it's good to know. And I I have to say, uh, you know, and it's true, you know, my son when he was little said he got less medical care than kids in developing countries because, you know, I never believed him. But I can count, he's 18 years old, and I can count on one hand how many times he's had antibiotics in his entire life, yet you know, constantly, you know, in the emergency room or in any urgent care clinic, kids are, are just, you know, being brought in the first sign of a sniffle and, um, study after study, we're finding, I mean, they're finding that kids that have had antibiotics their whole life, you know, from the time they were little are actually, it's contributing to obesity now, which I think is interesting.
0: Absolutely. And unfortunately, it's taking us decades of data to find out that there are further downstream effects, which are negative for the unnecessary use of antibiotics. Some economic impact, the CDC released this data recently. $1.1 billion is spent annually in the United States for unnecessary antibiotics. That doesn't necessarily resonate with the average patient, but the patients need a reason to not request antibiotics if they don't think it's going to help them. So the cost is one thing. We also have resistance, so the antibiotics may not work when you need them. What about other associated problems? Antibiotic-associated diarrhea. Maybe we don't want to talk about it often, but we need to talk about it today, that you can get diarrhea from the antibiotics and also get something called Clostridium difficile, which is an infection, because when you kill the antibiotics or when you kill the bacteria that's normally in the bowel, then other bad bacteria grow in its place that the antibiotics couldn't prevent And now you are in serious trouble. 14,000 people a year die in the United States from Clostridium difficile C. diff infections, which are largely from getting antibiotics. And mm-hmm. if you don't need antibiotics, you don't want this risk. Because who wants diarrhea that could kill you, Lee?
1: <laughs> no, it's so true. And, you know, we're finding more and more now that our bodies, you know, we share them. We have this biome of, of all these different good bacteria uh, that keep bad bacteria in balance. And, and, and you're killing all bacteria when you do it. So, you know, women know more than, than men when you get out of balance, yeast infections, all kinds of problems can happen.
0: No, absolutely, and I'd love that you brought that up, this concept of the microbiome. It's like your fingerprint. Everybody has their own bacteria that are symbiotic with you. They're not causing a problem, but your, your bacteria is kind of in your system, and when you change that by using antibiotics, either when you need them or when you don't need them, it changes the microbiome. So when you actually use them when you don't need them, you're changing this not to your benefit but to your harm because you can really have some downstream effects that really affect the ability to treat infections in the future. Don't change your microbiome if you don't need to.
1: Right. And we only have about a minute here. So what do you recommend for patients to do? They get sick. It's We're going into cold and flu season. What can you give them? Because they do want you to tell them to do something.
0: Uh, absolutely. And some. this may sound really basic, but if you look at the data and this has been studied for a cough, One of the best things you can do is honey. It's equivalent to dextromethorphan, so the DM, like in in some of those cough preparations that are out there. Um, Other agents don't really seem to work. There's no prescription cough medicine, despite people's belief that there is, that's going to make a cough feel better than, than just doing some of the basic things. So maybe some tea with some honey certainly works. You can use some decongestants. They may or may not work. We'll have to see, but they're not really proven to help. Tylenol or ibuprofen for fever, aches, and pains, and if you feel sicker, you're not getting better, certainly present to an emergency department or call your doctor.
1: Yeah, I think that that's some good advice, um, and and I think people want to hear that. So we have to get out of that um, mindset that, you know, there's a pill for everyone, and uh, people just need to understand that, Every pill, every medication has a benefit and a risk. And I think I'm starting to see the tide turn. You know, as a physician, I talk to my patients and I think they're understanding it a little bit more. So I want to thank my guest, always a great guest on. This is the Dr. Lee Van Show, Health from the Outside In on Radio MD. Stay tuned into your health.